Hi, I'm Ryan Stevens, and you're listening to This Week in Skating. Welcome to our podcast. I'm Daphne. And I'm Gina. And this is This Week in Skating. This week, we are joined by Ryan Stevens. Ryan runs the website SkateGuard. He is dedicated to preserving the rich and fascinating history of the sport of figure skating. Many of the things you'll find on his site, you can't find online. In November, Ryan released a book entitled The Almanac of Canadian Figure Skating, which includes information on skaters, coaches, choreographers, judges, the who's who in Canadian figure skating, along with detailed records of Canadian figure skating competitions dating back to the 19th century. So we want to welcome Ryan to This Week in Skating. Welcome, Ryan. Hi, We're Ryan. We're so glad to have you with us. Thank you so much for having me, Daphne and Gina. This is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I as soon as I saw that you had a book coming out and that it was an almanac all about Canadian figure skating, I was like, oh, that's very interesting. We got to get Ryan on to talk about it. Definitely. No, I'm really excited to talk about it. Well, Ryan, you're not a stranger to the sport of figure skating because you've been running nope. SkateGuard for quite <laughs> a while. When did I... you When did you start it? So I started it back in 2013. Uh, and when I started, I wasn't really writing about skating history. I was kind of, I didn't really know what I was doing. I just said, I, I want to have a skating blog. So I, I started doing a ton of interviews, uh, writing about, you know, Grand Prix events, world championships, doing the odd little historical uh, article here and there. And I really didn't have any sort of a sense of identity of what I wanted to do. And Quite frankly, everybody else was covering, uh, there were tons of people that were doing interviews, tons of people that were covering Grand Prix events. I really didn't feel that I necessarily uh, was doing anything particularly unique. Um, and the, the historical articles that I was writing, I really enjoyed doing that and the reception of them was great. So I kind of just said, I think probably after about a year or two, let's just focus on that because nobody else is doing it. And uh, certainly learned as I went. Uh, at the if I could look at some of the older car older articles that I wrote, like around 2013, 2014, they were awful. Uh, <laughs> but I kind of have things down to a science now, and I really enjoy uh, kind of jumping around uh, and writing about uh, different aspects of skating history. Yeah, I was gonna say there's nobody else that really digs deep into the history of figure skating you know you're always posting stuff out there that it's just so it's interesting because you know we don't know everything about stuff and I seem like when I go to your website um, I'm always finding something that I didn't know about before Um, so how do you how do you find that information first off how do you dig deep to find the history uh, you know and all this facts that because stuff has happened 
before the internet, how do you go back and find this information? Well, I think that any good re- any good researcher or writer is is a big reader, and I am a big reader. Mm. I uh, read a lot of uh, old skating books, uh, magazines. Um, I love to look at archives and pictures, uh, and that's where a lot of my ideas come from. Uh, really, the genesis for doing a skating history blog comes from the fact that I used to be a big listener, and I still am, of a podcast called Stuff You His- Stuff You Missed in History Class. Um, and they jump around and they touch on different aspects of history. Um, and it, it's so fascinating. And I said, well, why not do something like that um, from a skating perspective? So um, really, in order to come up with my ideas, you know, when I'm reading, when I'm reading through other people's books and um, through magazines and newspapers, something will jump out at me. And I'll say, you know, that's blog worthy. Um, and that's kind of what I work from. Uh, one thing I will say is that when it comes to skating history, the reason why a lot of people don't know these stories uh, or a lot of the stories that I share is because when you go back uh, through old skating books and also through the kind of little history segments that you would get um, on television, um, a lot of the narratives about the sports history are really kind of dumbed down. Um and aren't necessarily accurate. Um, so I, I think if you actually go back and do the research, you find out that a lot of the stories that we believe to be the truth about skating history, they are they are true in a sense, but but they're not really the full story. And honestly, the full story is usually a lot more interesting, but also a lot more complicated um, than a coffee table book or a five minute little little segment on TV might lead you to believe. So it's kind of like they're little adaptations. Yeah. Like what we see on TV is like a little adaptation, yeah. but it's not. Yeah. Yeah. It's it kind is. of glossed over some of the little finer details. It definitely is. I mean, one example, uh, one example, this is a really simple one um, that I, that I come across is that back at the beginning of the 20th century, everyone knows that the first Olympics that had skating was in 1908 in London. Okay, and the woman that won that competition, her name was Madge Sires. She was English, and uh, everyone kind of knows that name. And the reason why they know that name probably is because she was the first woman to compete at the World Championships, and she competed against the men. And at the, kind of the story that we've been led to believe is that nobody else was doing it at that time. The reality was that. Back in those days, at the British Championships and the Canadian Championships, men competed against women all of the time. Um, there was just one category. There was there were singles, and there might have been pairs as well, but there wasn't a separate men's and women's competition. Hmm. So um, she wasn't the only woman uh, that was competing back at that time. There was a very small group of them. It wasn't there weren't many. Um, and I'm not trying to downplay her accomplishments because her story is absolutely fascinating, but it's not as simple as just her showing up one day and being the only woman to ever compete against men and then winning the world, winning the, the Olympic title. The story, the real stories uh, of early skating history are a lot more complicated and a lot less sensational. Um, and, you know, as the books will lead you to believe. Hmm. 
Yeah, I didn't think that, you know. You don't only, you get only such a snippet of a story, I guess. You get a snippet. Yeah, yeah. and that you you didn't think that there's, could be more to a story um, if you dig a little deeper. I know um, Anne, who writes for IceDance.com, yes. say she goes down the rabbit hole. She does. She likes to when she it does. It is any- all about the rabbit hole. <laughs> it is. <laughs> you she know, goes she- deep to try to get the facts because she wants to present the full picture in an article, yeah. not just one little piece of it. She likes to do the history. So she'll research, no matter what team she's doing an interview on, she'll research their history up until the point we're at now because she wants the full picture to be able to present it, but also for herself because she wants to write the, she wants to create the right article. And that's writing you can be proud of. Yeah. 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 She's really into the rabbit holes. And yeah, she'll text us and let us know. I've been down the rabbit hole again. Where on earth? You know, how did this happen? I'd love to hear it. Yeah. Yeah. She's really into it. So, And then she also finds that, you know, she'll find what she needs for her interview. But then she's finding information about somebody else that she's not even, you know, did you know this? Did you know that? Yeah. So it's just the way, like, the history and all the information within the sport kind of all is, like, linked in. And there are things that when she finds some information that it's like, oh, yeah, I didn't know that either. You know, like, there's these... I kind of feel like they're hidden facts. Like there's these things yeah. out there that we just don't know about. Um, and that, you know, and so when she goes down her rabbit holes, it's great. Cause I always end up finding and learning something <laughs> that she's able to, she's able to track down and find out about. Yeah. Well, it also leads to other articles. Yes. <laughs> because she'll find something out and say, why haven't we done something on this? Oh my goodness. And so she'll take off on it and, series article series that we have come from these you know deep dives in the rabbit hole it's where the most interesting stuff is <laughs> yeah. wonderland was at the bottom of a, of a rabbit hole yep that yeah. was pretty interesting yeah. Yeah. yes <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> so what made you decide to to create a book well i wanted here's the fun thing so i i'd done four different features, which are basically books, but they, you know, I kind of just put them out for free on the blog. Um, I did one on famous skater back in Sonia Henny's day named Belita. I did one on uh, skating during the first world war. I did one on skating during the Edwardian era. And I did one, which was a collection of results from professional competitions. So I kind of put, put out about one a year for a while now. And I kind of always wanted to do a book, but I just, I, I never really knew how to go about doing it. I never thought I could do it. I was like, is anybody even going to read it? Uh, so I just never bothered. But I just got it in my head. I said, you're going to do it. Your next little project's going to be a book and you're going to do it. And I did, you know, stubborn determination. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's so many opportunities now to self-publish. Yeah. It's great. I love it. I absolutely love it. And now that I've done it once, I'm like, I can do it again. So yeah. I'm already working on the next one. Awesome. Oh, okay. I'm looking forward to that yeah. already. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
It'll be very different to this one. <laughs> yeah. So what was the process like of putting together the book? I mean, you got to get Ooh. all this. And you have a 400-page book, so this is not, you know. Uh... Oh. Yeah, it's definitely not a quick read. <laughs> no. it's not, And it's not meant to be a quick read. It's meant to be a nerdy little reference book. And you know what? I'm all about that. Yes, I think that... me too. <laughs> and here's the thing. Back in the day, people think ever since the internet became a thing, uh, and you can just Google anything, people just assume everything's on Google, and it's not. It's uh, not. Especially about early skating. And a lot of the stuff that's out there, hate to break it to people, not right. If you're doing your homework assignment from, from Wikipedia, no. That's not how it's done. Because anybody can edit that. Right. Um, <laughs> right. Yes. So that's what the problem is. Um, but as for the process for putting together the research for the book, what I did was I started off just with a master list of everybody that I wanted to include in the who's who section at the beginning. So I kind of worked my th way through that one by one, um, doing the research uh, that I needed to do for each person. And as I went, other people would pop, you know, pop in and say, well, why don't I have this person in there? So the list got way longer. And then I got shorter because I had to take some people out because I couldn't find out the information that I needed to find. But um, what I'm so happy about with that first section, which is the who's who of Canadian figure skating, it's kind of a little encyclopedia section, is that it doesn't just include skaters. Um, it includes coaches. It includes judges. Mm -hmm. It includes people um, that that were neither, that were just involved with the, with the Canadian uh, Figure Skating Association or Skate Canada over the years doing a ton of really important things that allowed the Canadian allowed Canadian skating to blossom in the way that it did. So I'm happy that those stories are out there. Um, how long did it take? What, when did you start working on this? And then when did you finish it? It took about six months. Um, oh. and which isn't as bad as no. you think. Yeah. Um, I thought much longer than that. I thought it was a, you started it during COVID and you finished it, you know, like two years. Well, here's the funny thing. Uh, the next book that, that I want to put out um, is actually a project that I started uh, during COVID and spent a lot of time on and just kind of dropped it like a hot potato because it's busy with work and, you know, all that fun stuff. And I also, with the subject matter, I kind of have to figure out uh, how I want to present it. Uh, so um, that kind of got put on the back burner and then I started working on this one. But I love researching, but I'm the kind of person that once I start a project, I just get determined. And every, every free minute I have, I'm just like, nope, we're going to work on this and it's going to get done. So I, I think I think just dogged determination to finish it uh, is the only reason it took six months, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I, I just, you know, when I looked at it and I'm like, it's 400 pages. That's a lot. I would have <laughs> just thought it'd be a longer process, but six months isn't bad. And yeah, you got, no. you're working on another one, so... Yeah. yeah, yeah. And here's the thing. I couldn't have, I, I have to say, you know, a huge thank you. Um, I had a lot of help, too, to get the information mm -hmm. uh, in certain cases. Um, and a huge thank you to the people that I mentioned in the book. I mean, a lot of a lot of phone calls, emails um, to track down hard to find stuff. And also to some of the I really have to thank some of the sections here, um, you know, especially out west. Um, had it not been uh, for the executives of I know like in Manitoba, Saskatchewan, Alberta, I wouldn't have been able to find that information. That was just really hard to find. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I was wondering if you reached out to people to, you know, 
get information and go through bit, the yeah. archives of things and uh, stuff to put together the book. Um, did you learn anything from when you were putting stuff together? Like when you were getting all the information, was there something that was like, oh, I didn't know that or something that struck you um, when you were get- gathering all the information? Quite a few things struck me. Uh, but one that really stands out uh, is the fact that when I was putting together, um, that part of the book is are all the results from the Canadian Championships, going back to before the beginning. Um, one thing that really struck me uh, through putting together those results, which was a not an easy task, were how many pair skaters were really, really good single skaters uh, at the novice and junior level that people just people don't think about that because there were a lot of skaters that chose to go into pairs and were doing singles and pairs when they were younger. They could have made world teams had <laughs> they have had they have stuck with it. Um, and the pairs was the route that they chose to go, and thank God they did because we never would have you know seen them you know on the world stage necessarily. But they could have made it as single skaters too. So. Uh, yeah, and even some ice dancers too. I mean, like Paul Poirier. There's an example. He was a medalist as a single skater. Yes. Um, I think at the novice level, maybe even junior, he can, you know. So ice dancers can jump. Who knew? <laughs> and vice versa, yeah. because there are right currently Bruce Waddell, Corey Trichelli, mm-hmm. are yep. both former ice dancers. I, I'm not sure if Bruce is completely done with dance, but he meddled at the Junior Worlds last year, and this year he's, you know, focusing on singles. Just it's, competed a challenge. He, I'm competing this weekend. Yeah, know? it's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So, Ryan... Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely interesting. So, Ryan, I want to go way back. What <laughs> got you originally into skating? Because even though you just started Skate Guard in 2013... Mm-hmm which is nine years ago, but it seems like it was even longer. And it's because I think your name has been in skating. Like I've been around for the last 23 years. Mm-hmm. I know you've been around, not maybe not as long, but you, your name's been out there. Like mm-hmm. I've seen you on message boards and stuff. So I know you've been oh, yeah. around the, the skating fandom for quite a while. So I used to be a skater myself back in the day. Um, I competed at uh, three provincials uh, and meddled at all three of them here in Nova Scotia. Small potatoes. I mean, I wasn't doing triple axles. God, no, you know. Um, but I love skating. I love the artistic side of skating. Um, and when I competed, it was back in the late 90s. And they were uh, bringing in a program. In the 90s, they were bringing in a program uh, called Artistic, which they call Interpretive now. Uh, and... I competed just to the regular competitions, but I also did artistic and absolutely loved it. Um, and then I got involved with judging for a while and I love judging. Oh my gosh, that was so much fun. <laughs> but I was judging under the 6.0 system. Okay. If you ask me to judge under this system now, I it would be a, it would be a hard no. I just, <laughs> no, no, I don't have that kind of mind. Uh, but um I uh, was completely not involved. I mean, aside, you know, as after I stopped skating and judging, I really wasn't involved in the sport at all for over 10 years. Aside, I'd still watch my skating, you know, here and there. Uh, but then I uh, 
than when I started the blog. I mean, it had really been about 13, it had been 13 years that I'd been away, 12 or 13 years. So it was fun to get involved with the skating world again because it had been quite a while. Yeah, you got um, involved around the same time I did, 2013. Um, is when I joined on to figure skaters online and it sort of not, I don't think I was skating as much as you were. Um, but I, you know, skating and it was like, how can I get involved still? Like, you Mm -hmm. know, and that was how I kind of got involved with figure skaters online was I love the sport. How could I contribute to it other than being on the ice? And it was, you know, finding figure skaters online, knowing I had a media background and, and, and that was kind of how it all started almost 10 years ago. So, um, yeah, so it, it's great that people who just, you know, who had the skating background, judging background and all, you know, cause like I think of Jackie Wong and his background and yeah, how he's come yeah. in. It's so great to have these people. And as we were saying before we were recording, it's like a little niche, we're like a it little is. niche of people who, you know, are so, you know, love the sport and want to see it grow in a positive way. And yes. and they're doing it in all different ways. You know, with your, with SkateGuard is, you know, the history side. And then we have, you know, Daphne with IceDance.com is the dance focus and figure skaters online. Well, we do a hodgepodge of everything, but it's, you know, and you got Jackie Wong who does his live tweeting. It's all of those different, you know, there's other podcasters oh, out there. It's just so love great. Jackie Wong. Yeah. yeah. I think so. it's, it's about finding what's missing. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. It really, and, really is. And that's really, when I started IDC, I really didn't know where it was going to end up going. It was basically just a place to, pull together ice dance information in one place and also host a couple of websites because I did websites early on. I created official websites for figure skaters. And so early on, that's what it was, but then it grew into being more of a media site now. And that's really about being adaptable to where things are going to go. Like Mm what, where, Cause you don't know. I don't think at first you're not really sure. You're just kind of like, I know I want to do this. I'm not sure where it's going to go, but if I create it, then I can let it evolve and be, and have a life of its own. And that's kind of what I did um, when I put the site together. And it's not now what it was when I started it. But there's something to be said, and I'm sure you can agree with this. There's something to be said for longevity. When you do this, you have to, I think so many people have tried to be have tried to become involved with that side of things over the years and they do it for a year. Then either life gets in the way or they get bored with it or it isn't working. Um, and it, you have to you have to let it evolve naturally and you have to stick with it. You absolutely do. And and I and I love anybody that is sticking with it. It's it's not easy. And I love that. I love to see mm-hmm. people are. It's it a is. commitment. It is. Mm-hmm. And it is a commitment. People start off strong. And then they fizzle out at the end. They're just kind of like they've lost interest because it is a lot of work. Yeah. It's a ton of work. People <laughs> don't understand necessarily how much work it is. It really, they really don't. Is. I think yeah. sometime Gina and I might do a podcast where we talk about 
what it's like to run our the websites on a daily, weekly, monthly basis, because there are just a lot of little components that mm-hmm. I think people just don't know about. It I I can get that it might seem very glamorous on the outside that oh look they're covering this event they're doing all these things, and I get that. Um, but there's a lot of work that goes into behind the scenes that people are just not aware of. And I'd love to be able to share that with them. And maybe it will help some of the newer sites that has, you know, that have come along that are just getting started. Maybe it will help them pace themselves so they don't burn out because there's room for everyone in skating. There sure is. You know, there's room for everybody and there's ways that we can support each other. Like Ryan, you brought us together during <laughs> yes. the pandemic. You brought a lot of the media folks, the skating media folks together to, you know, to to talk about what we're trying to do and keep the interest in skating going during the pandemic when there really wasn't much. Yeah. Well, that was the thing. I mean, when, when nothing is happening, when nothing is happening, what do you cover? And and I mean, it was tricky and it still is tricky. I mean, yes, things are happening now, but there's still a lot to maneuver. Um, and um, I'm just happy. What I'm really happy to see is that so many people that were involved with that side of things when it came to skating before the pandemic and weathered the storm and they're <laughs> back creating content again, because I think a lot of people could have just, just as easily have gone, I'm done with this, you know? So it was, it was hard because what do you do? You know? And I, and I think I said to Daphne, Oh, I'm going to redo the figure skaters online site. I think that's what I'll do during the pandemic. I'll just give it a whole new look. And I was like, I don't know if I even want to do it. Like there was just nothing. I didn't know when, when it would be that we would have a new competition to talk about or to just even watch or when we would be able to get together again and be at a competition and cover it in person. And so you, I lost motivation during that time. I could have gotten a whole lot of things done, but I just was like, I don't know what I'm working for because I don't know when skating is going to come back. Um, and so it was hard. So when you say weathering the storm and and making it work, I mean, yeah, we we kept going. Um, you know, but it it wasn't an easy go of it. And then of course we had a we throw in a podcast to put on on top of that. And I I don't think people realize too, we got full time jobs. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. and everybody does um, well most people if unless you're working for like NBC Olympics or you know the Olympic Channel or USA Today all those major outlets CBC all those outlets you're doing a lot of this as a second gig mm-hmm. <laughs> as a, and you're not you sure, are. You sure are yeah and you know um so it's a lot of the stuff that I do and I don't know about you Ryan is I'm doing it at night when I'm not working Um, and it's so, and it's no same, it's pulling though, taking that time and saying, okay, tonight I'm going to get this done tonight and just maybe I don't feel like doing it, but I know in order to keep my site going, to keep 
figure skaters online going and all of the athlete sites going, I have to, you know, can give that time. And I, I don't want it, people to think that I don't enjoy it because I absolutely enjoy it. Um, but you know, it is a lot of work. It's not an easy task. And I think that's why some people, as we said, you know, will start and they start strong and then they realize, oh, this is a lot to keep doing. And then we're like, I can't do it anymore. But I yeah. think, you know, as you said earlier, I mean, getting, you know, in terms of getting involved uh, in this capacity, I think that's the great thing about this sport is that if you're a skater, when you stop skating, there, there are a million ways you can stay involved in the sport. I mean, even if you want to keep on skating, there's adult skating, there's yes. synchro skating, there's theater on ice. There's lots of other, you know, lots of other opportunities uh, to stay involved on the ice, but you can also get involved with coaching. You can get involved with judging. Um, you can uh, get involved with the media side of things. You can volunteer at events. There's a, uh, you can serve on committees, which is super underrated as well. Um, there's a lot of ways that you can stay involved in the sport and contribute that that don't that don't necessarily involve you know having to fork out money for new costumes every year. <laughs> right. Well, and it, the interesting thing is Gina's mom is a volunteer now. Like she goes to <laughs> events with Gina and volunteers. She oh, how does. fun. That's it's, awesome. Yeah, yes. it's kind of their family thing. Like the two of them yep. go together and we're used to seeing Pat. Hi, Pat. <laughs> giving you a shout out if you're listening. Um, we're used to seeing Pat at competitions. She was a volunteer last year in the COVID testing area because she's a nurse. Um, oh, she was goodness, a volunteer wow. in the COVID testing area. So it actually made me feel more comfortable when I went in for my <laughs> test because it's like, oh, it's Pat. She's here. I, you know, whatever happens, she's here. And I, I feel, you know, comfortable. So yeah, it was, it was cool. Yeah. Um, you know, she used to tag along with me and she'd sit there and I said, well, mom, do you want to try volunteering? And now that she has done it once, she, it's, she looks forward to it because she's meet met so many people through it, you know, people who are regular volunteers and, you know, and any competition I'm going to, she's like, do they need volunteers? Do you, can, can I go? And I'm like, see if they need volunteers. Sure. You can come. And so she's made it her thing, but yeah, that is a, someone, a fan who enjoys watching the sport has now taken a role in being active in it and feels like she's a part of it. Um, and she looks forward that's to those wonderful. opportunities. So that's, you know, if anybody out there is just looking to get more involved, there's so many different ways. It doesn't there have to necessarily be, you know, des volunteering or being a media or can, you know, you can still skate. As you said, we've got adult skate. We've got theater on ice. There's so mm -hmm. many things still. Our sport is so, it's small, but it's so big in a sense that there's just so many different things you can do within it. There really are. And, and, and to add to that, if you're interested in writing or taking photos or anything, but you don't want to start your own media site because you know it's going to take a lot of commitment, Gina and I are always looking for people to cover the sport for us. So, and I'm sure you're looking for people too to give you some history and fat things. Oh, I'm going to throw. You know, while I have a captive audience, I'm going to throw this out there. Do you know what I would love 
And if this person exists, I, I could hug them. <laughs> I need I, I need I need a person from Japan who can help me. Because I would love I, I've been trying to do more Asian skating history. The language barrier is great. And honestly, I I, I, that is help that I could use. So if, if, if somebody, if some lovely person in Japan wants to reach out to me, I would love your help. Okay. Oh, and there are so many skating fans in Japan. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. That... Oh, of course there is. And, and we love that. We love yes. it. Yeah. Yeah. And they, that... and ha- there's such a rich history. Yeah. Oh, there sure is. There definitely is. Yeah. And um, and that that history is fascinating, too. I mean, Japan first competed in the Olympics back in 1932. Um, and uh, Japan Skating Association even has, they even had a prince that was uh, that was on, uh, he was either the president or on the board of their, uh, on the board of their skating association back in those days. So early Japanese skating history is very interesting. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Is that, is that the book you're working on? Are you working on? It is not. It oh. has nothing to do with that at all. Oh, no, okay. No, um, no, I, I, I can't reveal that yet, okay. but I will say that it's all that I can say is it's very, very different to the book that I, the, 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 to this book. It's more writing focused and there's certainly going to be facts and figures in there, but it's, it's more focused on the writing and it's not just focused on Canada. Okay. That's all I can say. Okay. Well, I'm excited. Okay. What? Yeah. Ryan, what about an audio book? Oh my gosh. I am the worst person for the ums and the ahs, and I've got my Nova Scotia accent. So I don't think anybody wants to listen to that. To, if somebody wants to take my my, my reference book and, and read off the results of every competition, like they deserve a medal. We'll have to get someone we'll have to get someone like Jason Brown who's enthusiastic about everything and then he can do it. What about but I think the- he's got enough on his plate? <laughs> yes. Yes, yeah, he yeah. does. He's yeah. very busy. Yeah. Yes, he is. What about um, having a different skater read each chapter? Oh. Uh, for the, do you mean for the next one? Uh, for either. For like, not the, not the results part, but like the yeah. other chapters in the book. I think it would be, I think it would be fun uh, <laughs> to get, to, to get skaters to read, uh, to read their own little bios. I think that would be a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, because here's a fun one. The first, the first people to get a copy of this book uh, were uh, Donald and Barb Jackson. I just did a, wow. I just did a thing for uh, Skate Ontario for I them. I saw that. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, a couple, a couple nights ago. Lovely people. Um, and of course, Don is our first, um, our first man to win a world championship mm-hmm. here in Canada. First man to land the triple butts. And you know, any, you know, he looked up his own name first. That's what every, that's what every student does, as they should, you know, yes. look up themselves first. And um, the great thing about uh, going, going the self-publishing um, role is, that, you know, somebody gets a book and they say, oh, you know, I'm, I, I noticed, you know, I noticed you were missing this. It's really, really easy for me to make those edits mm. so that, uh, people that order it in the future um, get an updated copy. So that's the great part about self-publishing that I'm learning because mm-hmm. it's all a learning process. Have you heard from people in Canada, you know, about the book? Have they reached out to you? Like, I think I saw maybe a tweet from Carol Lang. Lan- yeah. Yeah, she wrote, you know, and said, oh, promoted your book and stuff. So how has the response been in Canada? 
Well, here's something that happened yesterday, and I'm I'm going to be dining out over this for a while. So guess who? Uh, guess who shared? Uh, guess who shared the book, which I thought was fabulous, was Mr. Kurt Browning himself. So <laughs> loving that. That is really really amazing. I'm a big Kurt Browning fan. Can't you tell? <laughs> uh, so no, the response has been really really good. Um, and um, you know, I've kind of I've kind of been in touch with the people that kind of some of the people that helped me behind the scenes and really, really good response. And here's the thing. Selling great here in Canada. Love to see that. But what I would love to see is I'd love to see people um, in other countries give it a read to, especially down in the States. Um, I think that, yes, the book is 100% focused on Canadian skating, but it's interesting history. And I don't know I don't know anybody around the world who loves skating that isn't a fan of at least one Canadian skater. <laughs> so if, if that's enough of a reason to get you to learn about another country's skating history, I mean, that's enough to open the door. I think you're going to find the rest really interesting too. Well, yeah, you know, I, well, we're in the States, Daphne and I, but I grew up watching Canadian skaters, Kurt Browning, like you just mentioned, oh, yeah, um, you yeah. know, and so I'm, it, I was, when you, gave us the digital version to look at i was like oh yeah yeah and looking through i know them and i know them yeah it's fascinating and i'm such a nerd when it comes to data (laughs) like i go to trivia every week like i'm a pop culture nerd but i also Mm. really love the data in skating and yeah I can't tell you sometimes what I ate last week, but I can tell you who won <laughs> X competition in 1998. Like, it's crazy <laughs> that that's oh, the data that lives in my head. It lives in my head, too. But I think, you know, any any true skating fan should have that data up there somewhere. But I'm the, yes. I'm the same way. I couldn't tell you necessarily what I did last year, but oh, yeah. 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 Get me going about 90s skating and I'll be talking oh, about Oh, yes, power. definitely. Yes. All the hidden yeah. gems that people don't really talk about now. So I many. I mean, there so are many. so many. Like, yeah. I could riddle off probably five or six at the top of my head. Just, And I feel like, and I have, and, and I'll bring this up because we just were talking mm-hmm. about 90s skating. Yeah. I feel like now we're getting to see the children. Of those 90s skaters, because if you think about it, Tatiana Molinina, Roman Skorniakov, their son, Ilya. I mean, come on. We're seeing another Ponomarenko. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm, I'm feeling very, it makes me feel very, very old. Yes. It honestly does. It does. But it's exciting. It's so exciting. It is exciting. It is. Their parents are the ones that I watched. You know, when I I was skating, I was skating at the same, and their parents were still skating when I was skating. So I'm like, yeah. Is that does that make me, you know? Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah it does. <laughs> it's crazy, yeah. right? Like, it's so yeah, crazy it to think that that much time has passed and and we're at this, like, next generation. It is. I know. But I, I'm going to say something else about 90s skating. Um, and I, I, I do want to throw this out there while we're on this topic. And it comes back to what I was talking about earlier with misinformation and why history is so important, okay? Mm-hmm. Yes. Every four years, without fail, around the time of the Olympics, we get a ton of articles that are put out there by people that don't know anything about skating that have been told to write an article about, about figure skating. Yes. And it's always, they're always for one of those, you know, one of those clickbaity kind of sites. And they go viral, and it's a thing. Can't tell you how many articles I've read 
that say that uh, Saria Bonali was the only woman to do a backflip. Oh my Not goodness! True. <laughs> Not true. Comes out every four years. And I love, and I think Saria Bonafli was one of the most exciting skaters uh, of the 90s. I mean, and her programs stand up now and fabulous, fabulous, fabulous. But there were other women uh, who were doing, there was a woman doing backflips back in like the 1940s. That is a, that is a thing. That is history that's mm-hmm. important. So I, I really, I encourage people when you see misinformation out there that's going viral and your friends are like oh did you see this correct them yeah because i think the people people should know people should know the facts and um mm-hmm. and sometimes the simplest story that that everybody thinks is a fact that isn't necessarily the truth mm-hmm. yeah i'm always... correct i I, you're right. Every four years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Every four years, we get the same article. And it's and always it's, like, and it's we, not know who, just... we know who's putting those articles out. Yes. Uh, but... but it's yeah. not always just articles. There are new fans that come in and they don't know. Oh, yeah. yeah, they don't know. They don't. I, they watch skating I'm... at the Olympics and that's it. They don't mm-hmm. stick around after. Or if they do stick around after, they still have the misinformation. So trying to get them to understand it. Hey, no, go check this out. Right. There's more. Well, Dig deeper. Go down a rabbit hole or two. You can't make people care about history. And that's no. You and can't. the thing is, what I'm doing is such a niche. And honestly, it's an even smaller niche that cares about the history of skating. But the people that do care about it are really passionate about it. Mm-hmm. And believe it or not, a lot of former skaters, a lot of very famous form, former skaters are very passionate about, about sports history as well. And and they're living history. I mean, a lot of them know stories that will, you know, that aren't that aren't that aren't out there either. But I think it's uh, I, I wish more people would get interested in it because I think that uh, having that education and understanding about where the sport came from to get to where it is today is so important. Because everything that we're seeing now, watching on live feeds and getting excited about Grand Prix events, 10 years from now, that's going to just be a record in a book. Mm-hmm. The things that we're getting excited about are going to be just a record in a, in a book like the, like the history that we're talking about now from, from 20 years ago. So um, I, I think if you have to look at it in that, from that perspective and, and you, have to have, you have to have that appreciation for why it's important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed. I feel like Ryan, we need to have you back on at another episode to go down just like a specific time period. Mm-hmm. Like we could do a whole episode on nineties. We could. Oh, I'd love to talk nineties skating. Can we talk? <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about professional competitions. Oh, we'll what were about... those? I mean, professional <laughs> yeah, competition. Oh, man, that was the we'll height about... of it, right? I feel right. like nineties was the height of the professional. It was the height of it. Competition, but now they're yeah. gone. We don't have professional competitions anymore. They're gone. So yeah, and that's well, now, why I, mean, I think now, people yeah, stick now, around. I mean, that's yeah. why they continue to compete because mm-hmm. there's nothing after right. really, unless you want to tour like with you could tour with holiday on ice disney mm-hmm. on ice or if you're lucky enough to get to do um art on ice or stars on ice in japan like there i mean there are very few opportunities right i feel like well and it's a small number of i mean 
look at this the, the cast size for a show like Stars and Ice. There's only so many spots. Yep. And how many skaters get to have those spots? Not many. Um, and so I mean, it's wonderful that the pro skating is still alive, and you're seeing you know you're seeing people doing you know Holiday and Ice. You're seeing people doing shows on cruise ships. It's great that those opportunities exist, but there aren't as many as there used to be. Um, yeah, I would and... say there might be 10% no, yeah. of yeah. what it used to be. Because mm-hmm. um, yeah. I did go to a World Pro in mm-hmm. D.C. once. Um, it was real different. <laughs> I much prefer like the, the competitiveness of what... The, I mean, I still call it eligible skating, but it's not really. It's just, I mean, it's just. It's just skating. It's just yeah, skating. Just skating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. I prefer the competitive fire and adrenaline and intensity that comes from being at a skating competition much more to what was the professional competitions mm-hmm. or even shows. Like I'm not, show skating is not my thing. I'm much more into the competitive piece. See, I'm and I'm the opposite. I mean, I, I love watching competitions. I love, I love watching a good show. Like, put me front row center at Stars and Ice, and I'm like, I'm like a, you know, <laughs> like a kid in a candy shop. I love, I, I just love watching people interpret music and um and put on a show. Yeah. Um, and mm-hmm. I'm a sucker for a good backflip. I love a backflip. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ryan, do you watch a lot of the current skating that's going on? I know. You're no. in. You're in the realm. Oh, so you're really mm. in the realm of history. I'm really in the realm of history. I do watch. You know what? Like, I'll turn on a Grand Prix and I'll watch. I'm so sporadic. Like, I'll watch. I'll watch like, the short program, and then I won't watch any more of the events of the event, and then I'll just Google a couple of people that I want to see. But I do kind of keep. You know, I keep my ear to what's going on, uh, and I watch every year without fail. I'll watch the Canadians. I watch <laughs> nationals every year. And I'll usually watch, you know, Worlds and Olympics, but I don't watch every little, like, and I don't mean, I, I don't mean this in a disrespectful way, but because people love their skating and I love my skating too, but people go absolutely gaga because there'll be an event like in July and it's the first event of the season and everyone's supposed to guilty. care. Guilty, like, guilty. And I'm like, I can't, I can't get into that. I'm sitting on my patio with a glass of wine. You enjoy that, but I, I just can't get invested that early. Um, I have to have my summer break, too. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that when we started this podcast that I was like, oh, I got to really sit and watch this competition, you yeah. know, no, because no. in order to kind of talk about it, I got to kind of watch it. But yeah, we because we started this in May, and so it was some of the first like early competitions, but I remember having a conversation on one of our podcasts where I was just seeing so many people who were talking about a competition. I think it was Cranberry Cup and it was Amber Glenn and she didn't skate oh, well. It was goodness. in August and I people were like, oh, Amber Glenn, she's not, you know, going to be good it's again. It's and and that's what it's I August. had to say. I said yeah. on the podcast, it's August, yeah. people. It's August. And who yeah. ended up winning a Grand Prix medal? I mean, yeah, that fabulous. was Amber Glenn. She is fabulous. We, really yeah. Is. yeah. <laughs> yes. I, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. But here's the thing, too. I mean, people get, I think it's great to be excited about skaters. But I, the other thing, the thing that I don't like seeing, and it ties in with those early competitions sometimes, people get really, really invested. Mm-hmm. 
um, and some of the young ones, it's like give them some time to grow, to be in, you know, to, to be in that top 10 for a couple of years before you start putting that kind of pressure on them because it's just not fair. But I'll tell you, I, I am very excited right now, in particular, some of the skating that I have watched, I am very excited about the young talent that we have coming up here in Canada, in particular, in the ice dance. Oh, we have got you do have dance. some great <laughs> young do. ice dancers. I've been yeah. watching them come up through Novice, and mm. now they're in junior. And yes, it's really exciting. You know, you have depth. In Canada and Ice Dance, which took a little bit of time to rebuild. It took some time. It did. It did. Yeah. But I think there's some definitely some depth in there. Um, there sure is. It's there exciting. Sure is. I, I think North America as a whole has some depth. They um, sure do. They sure do. It's yeah. pretty It's pretty incredible to see. It's encouraging. It is. <laughs> now, I just hope that they stick with it because as we know from watching skating for all this time, <laughs> it takes time to get yourself to that level and you have to stick with it. You can't just, you know, quickly make changes because, you know, one thing goes wrong. You've really got to stay focused, stay with it, stay the course because it does take time and everyone has a different journey. Like they do. one they do. person's journey is not going to be the same as someone else's. So I think the big thing too is, I mean, it, it takes time to achieve the results that you want to, uh, achieve it takes determination and it takes the right programs too i mean mm -hmm. i think that that's that's really the thing and i think that uh you know i i think when you when you pick your music for your programs and you, and you pick your choreography and what you're going to try to present out there i mean ultimately it's the same thing as making a painting or something you're presenting it to people and they some people might love it some people might hate it some people might like it but not quite get it you never really know how it's going to be perceived when you put something out into the world um and that's what happens with every skating every skater and every skating performance um especially in dance um so i i think it takes the right programs too it's a big part of it <laughs> it is it's mm -hmm. all these things coming together it's like a synergy you know it's just yeah everything has to work together you got to be mm -hmm. right partner right coaching right Mm -hmm. programs right every, yeah right right time yeah right time. And time, right mm -hmm. time yeah i think that's true so yeah. ryan we are so appreciative of you yes. coming on and chatting with oh, us about you. your book and about skating in general yeah, we gotta do the 90s thing we are gonna oh, do the I'm, 90s I'm thing we will uh, we'll bring you back a little bit yeah. later maybe in the off season when exactly. everyone wants to get their create you know get their skating fix we'll talk some 90s, 90s. skating because that's when I really came back to it, to watching again, because I watched with my mom when I was little and then didn't watch for a while. And then boom, in the mid nineties, it was 90s, over. Yeah. Like I was right into it again and I haven't stopped. It's really, yeah. Well, I, I can't wait. I can't wait to bring out my, you know, my little um, soother necklace and, and my big, my big uh, raid pants. I'll have to bring those back. <laughs> Yeah, and we'll have a we'll have a nineties. Okay, 90s that moment. sounds yeah. fantastic. <laughs> so we're definitely going to do that. But before we close out, we'd like you to please share share all your information, but also where can people order your book? 
Okay, so if you're down in the States, you have two options. Uh, you can uh, order through Barnes & Noble, or you can also order through Amazon. Uh, here in Canada, it's just available through Amazon. Uh, you can get the book in uh, Kindle ebook edition. If you, if you have a Kindle Unlimited uh, membership, it's free. Otherwise, it's $7.99 um, and $24.99 for the paperback and $40.08 for um, the hardcover book. Those are Canadian prices, a little bit less than American prices. So it'll be even it'll seem like an even better deal if you're American and you click on it. <laughs> uh, so that's where you can pick it up. Only thing I'm going to let everybody know is that uh, there is a delay when it comes to hardcovers. So you're looking at two to three weeks. So if you, if you order today and you want it by Christmas time, you should be good. Um, but I, I get those orders in quickly for that. Uh, but paperback ships within one to two days with, if you have a Prime membership super fast. So easy to pick up. Awesome. And I'm going to, whenever I meet up with you, I'm going to have you sign it for me. Yes. Oh, I'd love to. Yes. I'd love to. Yeah. yeah. When we get up um, to Canada, we'll... Yes. Oh, come on up. <laughs> we've, got a, we've got lots going on up here. We've got poutine. It's great. Anyway. <laughs> now, you're in Nova Scotia, right? I am. Yes. I'm in Maine, so... <laughs> we're, we're very you're, we're you're neighbors. a fairy well, you're a fairy right away you have no excuse that's right <laughs> I, I, guess I don't either so there we no, go there we yeah. are <laughs> yeah we want to thank ryan for joining us you can pick up a copy of his book at any of the places that he mentioned just a few minutes ago we will also include links to uh skate guard as well as ryan's social media in our show notes gina can you let folks know where to find us you can find us on our website. It's thisweekinskating.com. On social media, Twitter, it's at thiswkinskating. And Facebook and Instagram, it's thisweekinskating. We love your feedback. If you've got some questions for Ryan or if you're reading his book and you have something you want to mention to him about it, uh, you can reach out to us on social media or you can email us at thisweekinskating at gmail.com and we can pass that on to Ryan. We really appreciate all of your feedback and support. But with that, we have reached the end of this episode. Thanks for listening. I'm Daphne. And I'm Gina. And you've been listening to This Week in Skating. Have a great week! <laughs>